Welcome everybody to episode five of the Checkpoint Amigos. I'm Sancho West. This is Santi. How are you doing today, Santi? Dude, I'm doing amazing. Yes. I'm doing great. great. I have some some games that I want to talk about. Wow. I've been diving into the world of Baldur's Gate. Ooh, I thought didn't we talk about like previously that that wasn't your jam? Like you didn't have room. You wanted to do Diablo. This is all the things okay. I remember you were saying yeah so i was gonna dive back into diablo right but they made me restart a character for the new season it happens are you it shouldn't it shouldn't happen and we can dive into this but as soon as i said i'm like no oh, you want to cut, cut a promo cut a promo cut the promo i needed my isometric view fix all right i was down for an isometric top-down view game and i wanted to play diablo and and they were gonna make me start a brand new character for a brand new season no 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 no, no. you're not gonna make the last 15 hours i know that's not a lot in the world of diablo because i came in late before season one but you're not gonna make me toss away all those hours to start brand new just to artificially make me grind that is an artificial grind i'm okay to grind at games you are talking to a legitimate 10th prestige in call of duty 4 dude i know the grind and i appreciate the grind but that is an artificial grind for the sake of grinding and i'm not okay with it but i wanted my my top down isometric view fix so i jumped on Baldur's gate all right, you picked it up, Baldur's Gate 3. I'm assuming on PlayStation 5. You have it right behind you, right? No, Are you on, on a PC. PC. Is that a PlayStation on PC. 5 game? It's a PC game. It is, yeah, yeah. I was just a little bit nervous. I was a little bit nervous uh, about the, the controller for okay. a game like this. Um, but maybe down the line, I could see myself jumping on the PS5 version of this. If there, um, is, if there is, maybe, I, maybe down the line. I'm sure but, someone in the chat's like, "It's an Xbox exclusive, you yeah, idiots!" Probably. It'll eventually. No, it's gonna come out. It's a timed exclusive. It's gonna come out the PlayStation. Okay. Um, either way, regardless, I'm I'm on uh I'm on mouse and keyboard, oh. and it is a weird game that took me a long time to get into, but I'm into it. How I'm much patience into it. do you have for a game to like? All right, like three hours, four hours. If it doesn't hook you, you're out. I am usually that way. I, I think when, the when did it hit you here? When did it hit you it, here? I think it hit me on around hour seven. Like oh, you gave it extra time. You get extra time. I did give it extra time, not because it wasn't hooking me, because I didn't find it fun, or yeah. I thought that the mechanics were dumb, right? Or I thought that the story wasn't picking up pace. It took me a while because. It's a very unique type of combat system that I'm not used to. So I knew I was the problem in this situation, not the game. So I wanted to understand the combat system before I dropped it and said, no, I can't do this. Because uh, it's been a while since I've played a turn-based RPG. Mm -hmm. and, like literally the only time that I do that is Pokemon. And, oh, and Final Fantasy Tactics, like really like back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so it took a while to get back into the mentality of of turn based uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons dice tossing style of of uh, story progression and combat. I'm surprised you gave it seven hours. I mean, was it that the the feeling of, hey, so many other people think it's good. I don't want to miss out on this game. This was FOMO for sure. Mm. This was FOMO. Uh, a lot of the podcasts that I've been listening to seem to be individuals that were kind of in the same boat as me, where they felt like there was a little bit too much on their plate and Baldur's Gate was going to be maybe a December game or right. a January game when things start to die down. Um, but, you know, when you get a 97 in Metacritic and the user score is, is this universally highly praised by fans mm -hmm. 
I had to try it. I had to give it a chance. I totally get that, man. I know that feeling about FOMO. I mean, it's racking up so many scores. Some people say it's game of the year. Is that in contention for your game of the year? Oh, okay. Well, it, it's okay. This is interesting, right? Because I think the popular choice is going to be the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, right? Yeah. yeah. But if if I'm a game games media outlet, it's time to maybe put your money where your mouth is. If you're giving Baldur's Gate a higher score than the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, I need you to somehow rationalize how you it. don't pick Baldur's Gate. They're but I know gonna... they're going to pick. I know they're going to go with Zelda. I Listen, know they're going to go with Zelda. It's wrestling terms, dude. He's the vet, dude. The link to the puzzle. It's been around forever. They're not going to put Baldur's Gate 3 kind of like an off like an impact wrestler over a veteran of the wwe it ain't happening i agree i agree i'm just saying put your money where your mouth is if you're gonna get Baldur's gate a higher score than tears of the kingdom i i don't know how you can justify at the end of the year giving uh tears of the kingdom game of the year either way i i not play tears of the kingdom so yeah. right now, it, like it wouldn't even be in my discussion for game of the year. Relax, Nintendo nerds. I love Zelda. Typically, it's just the new style of Zelda games just don't click with me. I, let me back you up on that thought. I'm totally the same mind. I don't like the old new school Zelda games. It's just something about too much open world, too much freedom. I love the idea of kind of when the top downs, you know, you needed an item, you go look for it. It was very simple. There was like four different areas you explored. You unlock a certain part of the map. You you needed to get a a book or boots and dash like link to the link to the past is one of my favorite. I think Orcarina of Time is not as open mappy. It's linear ish. It just yeah. you just explore a huge map and that's what I really liked more. I just think this idea of oh you could it's more of a physics game that people enjoyed of Tears of the Kingdom of being able to make whatever kind of vehicle or whatever kind of weapon wrapped around the breath like the the zelda shroud so to speak yeah. i think that's what yeah, people yeah, enjoy yeah. the most out of that game yeah yeah <laughs> and, and all power to them it's just not my style of game um like you said ocarina of time it, it, i don't think it's an open world game i think the openness of ocarina of time is just a hub world yeah that's slightly big, kind of like the castle in in Mario sixty four, if anything. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, okay. Baldur's Gate uh, okay. is is rocking my world. I would right now put it in in my game of the year contention. It and we're gonna get into this uh, a little bit later on, but it just it does so many things really really well, and it takes out a lot of tediousness that's in a lot of these types of games. Mm -hmm. uh, like for example, like one of the things that I absolutely detest that would have been totally normal in a game like this is fetch quests I right hate fetch every quests. every rpg's got them who if you want the potion of the great olimar mountain then you have to bring me 60 livers of the magic rabbits it's like, it's like I, dude i don't want to bring you 60 livers of the magic rabbits i already got 10 do i really need to go to the other side of the world and find 40 more like i hate that that's stuff. why i never spend anything I hoard everything in, in those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's none of that in this. It's it's very straight to the point while also being like super deep and super complex. It's a game that I just want to, I'm excited to continue to dive into more. Um, and from what I understand, I have a lot more to go and a couple hundred hours left to play. Okay, that's nice. I'm happy for you. Uh, for me, I'm just, I just downloaded Madden 2024. 
So I'm nice. excited to get into that. I've heard a lot of good things about it, um, but it's it's like that for Madden every year. You know, you, some a couple people like it, and then all of a sudden it just wears off the honeymoon phase. Um, but from what I've seen, the animations look good. But for me, my favorite Madden of all time, I don't remember the, the number, but they added the vision cone. And the vision cone, I thought, was the most skill-based passing mechanic that was fair. Um, but then, like, I feel like after that, I kind of fell off of playing Madden. But I, I really am looking forward to playing Madden 24. It's it's like this every year. I play yeah. Madden, probably play it for, like, a week or two. It's your popcorn game. Yeah, and then I play, like, NBA. Because, you know, as a sports fan, you know, you're a Chargers fan. But I, I've always enjoyed playing as the new roster, you know, feeling that new car smell. Because it's the excitement of like this could be our year type of thing, or if it's not our year, then what can I do to make it our year? Has always enticed me, but very very excited about that. One thing I want to talk to you real quick is I just saw on the news that Overwatch Two is the most negative rated user <laughs> score of all time on Steam. And what I I just wanted to quickly ask you is not a topic, but is this the biggest blunder of video games in a while? I mean. The one that comes to mind is Halo Infinite not having Battle Royale. I felt like that was a huge blunder. But Overwatch 2 having so much negativity momentum ever since, you know, losing Jeff way back when, the, the leader of Overwatch entirety. I just can't believe it. That's a headline I thought I would never see in Overwatch's future at any time. I don't think it's the biggest blunder. I still think that Cyberpunk... Um, that's I mean, true. Just, I, I still think it's cyberpunk. You're breathtaking. Uh, you're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. Uh, but isn't it funny that the second that they put the game on a platform that allows for user reviews, it just got bombed because you can't leave user reviews on on the um, Blizzard. Yeah, uh, right. What is it? Blizzard. Battle Battlenet. Yeah. Battle uh, so yeah, like it was. I don't know. I I kind of. I was smiling from a distance. I'm not an Overwatch player, but I loved the fact that the Overwatch community got together and voiced their opinion so loud yeah. and so boisterous to let the world know that they are just not happy with this game. I'm not an Overwatch player, so I just don't have I just don't have the the ability to really be able to talk about their gripes yeah. but i get it i've been in the and i've been on that same side of the coin with other games and i just love the fact that uh the voices have been have been so loud that it's being picked up by news outlets so despite you your love for john cena who appeared in an ad for overwatch shoot that didn't get you going oh let me let me download it for john you know what? Had they reached out to me, one of the biggest wrestling content creators, and done maybe a little bit of sponsorship work, because I didn't even know about this, then maybe, <laughs> I, then maybe you could have bought my love. But, but it's not, not this time. It's not John John Cena. It's actor John Cena. He's like a agent infiltration thing. Still, you know, yeah. like once once one of the boys, always one of the boys. Oh, yeah, John, I yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. you. All right, so for the people that are listening, uh, uh, one thing went cute and quick update. The, there was a previous episode that I did not release, but you're going to get a back-to-back, -back, a double header, a double fun action there. Uh, but here's my topic, Santi, and I didn't get a chance to do it for a lower third, but... Basically, I want, I like this whole getting to know you phase, and I want the, the audience to get to know me as a gamer, and hopefully they get to know you as a gamer. It's uh, one thing that I think a lot of gamers don't talk about, and I feel like it influences a lot of us, especially our gaming choices. And the, um, these are the things I suck at at video games. Just completely, utterly can't handle, can't do, won't tangle with, 
won't try if i see it i go mm -mm, not for me i know i'm gonna hate it could be the best game of all time it could be one of the game of the year like Baldur's gate 3 i have to look at dice mm -mm. so here's number one number one santi and mm -hmm. if you want to go ahead and give me yours out the top of your dome by by all means share it's the class santi inventory management i can't mm -hmm. do it brother i can't i can't deal with hp points I can't deal with this does that. I can't craft. I don't I don't like trying to gather materials, uh, birds of a feather. I don't enjoy looking at stats. I don't enjoy looking at paragraphs. If this one has a plus one over this one, dexterity, I just, I can't mm. do it. I love Elden Ring. I love the challenge of Elden Ring. I love the gameplay of Elden Ring. I don't like the idea of knowing what armor does best or, um, what do I need to carry into this kind of boss fight? I, that's just not for me. I'm not of the mental strength. I'm more of the Onimusha type. But I will have to say what I enjoy about the latest Final Fantasy 16 is that there's things that they automatically rings that you could put on your hand that mm -hmm. automatically do said choristic things. That's, that's a word. Uh, cumbersome things that I don't want to deal with as a gamer and I just want to fight. They have that option, which is a kudos to Final Fantasy 16. But Inventory management, Santi. Can't do it. So, you, you know, that's interesting. Um, I mean, you kind of do some light inventory management when you play Fortnite. That's, that's um, different. It's like it, simplistic. I, I get it. I get it. Because I was going to say, I think what the game that got me into inventory management, uh, it, it, into a bit deeper inventory management, not to the way of like a Tarkov or something like that, was uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, right? With the level one, level two, level three vests, level one, level two, level three helmets, things like that. It was still simple enough that it is but complex enough where if you didn't know the system, you were going to get owned by in the, in the late stages of the game. Right. But I, I feel you on the specifically on like the plus one dexterity plus three to strength. That's tough. Um, I can't do I, it. I got used to it because I was a world of Warcraft kid. And if you were a world of Warcraft kid, you, this was just the norm. Mm. I don't love it, but I'm I'm used to it. I'm used to it at this point. It, it, it just like what I don't enjoy about the most is then when you have to do skill trees to unlock like a left hand, right hand. Now I'm not saying I I don't I just like Souls games, you know, or Demon Souls. I love that stuff. But when I look at Torkov, for example, it 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 just blows my mind how you have to have a certain casing or a certain shell, a yeah. certain clip, and then it changes the weight. And then the recoil changes, like even like Call of Duty Warzone and with all the tuning, it's gotten to the point where it's just like, why do I have to invest so much brain power? Yeah. I just want to play video games. Now, I'm not saying that the, those games suck. It's just for me, that's yeah, what yeah. I suck at when it comes to it, Santi. Yeah, and, and like to be fair, you know, for those listeners that have not played Tarkov because we've used it as an example, that's probably like the extreme. <laughs> for inventory management so just to clarify for the like for both when you're in the game and outside of the game like inventory management in tarkov like it's its own PhD. the time of day like the yeah. time of the week <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like there, it's its own PhD to understand uh, the ins and outs of of Tarkov. Yeah. But I feel you. I'll give you a, a, one of my biggest Ooh, okay. ones, All right. and I think, I, and I think this is a it's problem a safe with place. me. This is a safe. Thank place. you. I'm glad that this is a safe place. Yeah, safe place. I think I have seriously undiagnosed ADHD. 
And I think it's the reason why I can't play open world games, because if I see a side mission, I see an item on the mini map, I have to do it all. And it's the reason why I try to stay away from from open world games, because I'm, I know I'm never going to progress the damn story. I'm never right. going to get to the end because it's, oh my, okay. All right. So I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2. I walk into a saloon, five side missions. Oh my gosh. Oh my, <laughs> I, like, the, the main mission's right there, but now I have to do all of this and right. I have to do all of this. Otherwise, I, like there's, there's something wrong with me. Like something is missing and I can't I can't progress. It's the reason why if you go back at all of my trophies from when I was like a, a kid and didn't like fully understand the problem that I had, I've I've platinum Fallout 3, Assassin's Creed 2, like all of those games that had giant collectathons and so many side missions, I had to do them all. Now I understand that that's a problem with me and mm. I stay away from those games, which is why I haven't even played GTA five. When I agreed to play red dead redemption two, it was a handshake agreement with my stream to say, I'm not doing any side quests. Okay. I'm only doing main quests and you can't be mad about it. Well, there's so many great story arcs that you're going to miss. I know I'm missing out on them, but we need to, we need to have an agreement that if you want, if you want me to play red dead two, I can't, I can't dive into old Santi anymore. All right, so two questions here. First question, what was the game that you realized this is a, a problem for you? Like, what uh, the, was the one? Yeah, I think the first one where I realized this was a problem for me was Infamous 2. Um, okay, yeah. Be, yeah, because Infamous 2 the, and Infamous 1 as well had this mechanic where you can hit down the the r3 button and you would kind of send out like a pulse and that pulse would show the mini map uh all of like the shards mm. and there were literally hundreds of shards so what i was finding myself doing uh sancho was taking five steps pulse oh my Lord. five steps pulse like uh, obsessively looking for every little item and and i i had i realized at that point i'm like this is stupid what am i doing i i understand that this is a side thing but there's a problem with people like me where it doesn't feel like a side thing i have to do it so besides uh gta 5 is Batman Arkham Asylum part of that? Is like collecting all the Riddler trophies a problem for you? It was a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Arkham Asylum games, I was, um, I, I love that trilogy. Uh, I think that, yeah, they were such fantastic games. Um, but yeah, I had a pro Arkham Asylum less so because it was confined enough. Yeah. But when it got, and even Arkham City, I was even like, this is small enough where I can live with this. But then when we got to, um, I think the third one, Arkham City, is that what it was? Or, Oranges? Uh, what's that? Was it Oranges? I Origins? can't remember. I, I, I the, the last one. Oh, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Goth, uh, I can't remember what it, what it was called anymore. But that's when the world got fairly big. And I was like, dude, I can't. I can't do everything here. And, and the thing is, is that open world games, uh, shocker, spoiler alert, they're not getting smaller. No, they're not. <laughs> they're getting bigger. They're getting bigger in every, and these game companies are fighting for your attention. And these side quests and these collectibles are the best way to do it. And it puts me in a deep spiral that I, I cannot recover from. Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Thank you. The thank you. Uh, but yes, I do agree with you about the open worlds. I think it's a very, very serious problem in video games that people don't understand that I feel like video games are trying to monopolize our time and mm. they're trying to monopolize our digital space. 
Um, there's nothing like a bloated video game that's hogging all your hardware space. And before you know it, you can't even do anything else but play that game. I mean, not to call out Call of Duty, but I got to. That's like over 250 gigs. And you're just like, why? Uh, it's, it's huge. And that's why I applaud a game where it's like 20 gigs. I feel like it's fair, like real estate to have, um, especially for a multiplayer game. One thing I do want to piggyback on is I feel when it comes to side missions, I suck at side missions too. Mm -hmm. And I think just to echo everything you said, but for me, it's just a matter of I just don't have the time to invest into a 50-hour game. My time limit mostly for a game is like six to eight hours. If you could beat a game in eight to ten hours, that's awesome. That's why I love uh, Resident Evil too, as I mentioned before on the podcast. But any kind of side missions is just—it's just not for me. Not for me. All right, here's yeah. the one thing I do suck at. I love fighting games. I love mm. the FGC. The, the, I could tell you one of my favorite arcades that I used to have back there is X Men versus Street Fighter. I love Marvel versus Capcom 2s. I think it's one of the best fighting games of all time. Um, I cut my teeth on Mortal Kombat, and I love WrestleMania the arcade. So I just suck at long video game combos. It's just something about it. Tekken is, is, is like the probably I have to grind to the bone to get King's combos is uh, chain combos. The, the, like the longest one, I would always grind it. And I cannot do it. The best fighters I always pick are like they hit hard and they're probably like a couple buttons combos. But yeah. anything complex, anything that requires like guilty gear type of knowledge i just can't do it's just not for me and i don't know if it's if it's a me problem or, another, or i don't put in enough work but uh i was pretty solid in street fighter 4 and i like dudley and he had some pretty complex combos but if i see a long combo string or that requires like tekken type input i'm out can't do it yeah 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 the i, I i'm with you with uh on that as well it's not often that we like we agree on everything but so far so good that's why we're together um, yeah 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 um the only fighting game combos that I'm willing, like the long ones that I'm willing to memorize are Mortal Kombat fatalities because they can get pretty wild. Oh, like they can yeah. be like six, seven, eight inputs to, to get a fatality to work. Uh, but like my go-to character in Mortal Kombat, any Mortal Kombat game has always been Myth Sonya Blade. I just, all it's always just three Kisses. moves yeah. that, that don't go beyond a three button input that I memorize. And usually like, you know, in, in a casual game with friends, um, for me, it was like for Mortal Kombat 10, uh, the, my, my dorm room, that was enough to, to be competitive and, and be the best on my floor. But like, if you want to be good at these games, you gotta know the combos that's why they say a game like street fighter and i think this goes for a lot of fighting games like they're super easy to pick up and play impossible to master like oh, those yeah. are, it, they're really impossible to master well that's what i really enjoyed marisa in street fighter 6 the newest one uh man she hits like a truck and like just like four or five hits and they're like 50 percent gone but i never really got into a zangief to like a grappler this wasn't this wasn't my thing like anything that i had to involve a quarter circle or i mean a full circle thing wasn't gonna be able to do uh but that's the thing that i, I really still suck at is the long one all right here is this one and we kind of talked about it before um but i cannot i can't do trophy hunting man i know mm. that's what you did and i, I know did. that that's what you do and you even like without my permission mind you <laughs> looked at my trophy list but uh granted Sancho west is like uh is is like the facade it's the facing of me as a gamer because the old school name was hilltopper sancho do not look up hilltopper sancho i don't even know if you're allowed to 
Um, go ahead. I, I, I encourage you, Santi. Go ahead and look up Hilltopper Sancho on the PlayStation 3. Um, I just didn't really grind video games to completion. Uh, I feel that the best trophies are the ones that don't require you to go back and or collect a lot of things. I enjoy the idea of platinum games, but once I beat a game, it's hard for me to go back into it. Um, the Last of Us 1 was by far one of the most emotional games I've ever played. I didn't feel like playing it again like some of my mm. colleagues did. I, I just feel like it cheapens the experience of how they designed it like for, for, especially in linear single player games where like they want you to go a certain way they want you to hit this certain moment the cinematic piece versus like oh i gotta look around this corner around the bend or go back to the beginning or i gotta do a special thing to unlock a trophy i i feel that trophies are a way to manipulate a gamer to keep investing the time into that it's the same thing that we're doing now we're just being bought into the system the ecosystem to keep playing the game but instead of being a trophy system it's skins it's battle passes it's unlocking uh things that used to be in, in video games like voice lines like i really didn't like anything that unlocks like apex oh you get a nameplate oh you get a stat it's a certain stat that only reveals a certain amount of illuminations you got egg with a weapon you get this you get that and it's just like why even have something like that to for me to think I am unlocking things when it's just things that should be in introduced or part of the game already? Not a fan of Trophy Honey, and there's nothing you could do to convince me otherwise, Santi. All right, well, there's the combo breaker if, we, if we're disagreeing on something. Um, so I was I didn't realize I was a trophy hunter um, before trophies were even a thing because call of duty four and call of duty world at war naturally had that progression of all right x the amount of kills the camos yeah. x amount of headshots i still remember going anyone that 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 played call of duty four in the heyday you know what i'm talking about going into into what was called the cage match 1v1 changing your clan tag to um i think it was uh h4h headshot for headshot so that you could both trade hate uh, headshots to to get your fall camo that's pretty uh, bad so yeah, it, but that, that's part of the problem that you're indicating, right? You're changing these, um, these trophies, these achievements, these unlockables change the way that the game was meant to be originally played because now I'm over here boosting to get headshots when the developer clearly intended it for me to be, you know, a sniper in a ghillie suit getting headshots that way. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go in and I'm going to boost for these. And it's the same thing with, with trophies to a degree where it like forces you to manipulate the game and play the game in a way where it originally just wasn't intended it to be played um, you know, when it when I guess like for its original enjoyment, right? The Last of Us is a good example. You're not there to get X amount of headshots on clickers. You're there right. to survive and get to the next story progression. But if I'm trying to get that trophy, then all of a sudden, I think a good example is getting some amount of kills with a pistol, for example, in The Last of Us. Now, rather than focusing on surviving, I'm focusing on finding ammo for this particular pistol so that I can get these amount of kills with that pistol. So I get it from your perspective um, as to like why it is annoying. Um, but uh, yeah, like it, there was a time where if I didn't trophy, I, if I didn't platinum a game, I hated myself. I <laughs> legitimately hated myself. Just it, like, oh, and, and the most egregious thing, two things. One, video game developers, missable trophies, stop. 
Yeah. Stop with missable trophies, trying to artificially inflate the playtime of your game. I don't want to play it again just to get another trophy. Two, branching story path trophies. We're like, oh, you pick this choice, so you get this trophy. But if you want to get that trophy for the other choice, you got to play it again. Stop with that. And two, when you release DLC after I've already gotten the platinum, don't change my percentage from 100 to 70% because now there's DLC trophies. Separate DLC trophies. All right, start that movement. Okay, so my question for you... <laughs> I just looked at my own hilltop Sancho. There's nothing on that account. <laughs> oh, does that make me a worse player though? Yes, objectively, it makes wow. you a, it makes you less of a gamer in my eyes. You're beneath me if your trophy level is lower than mine. That's how, what trophies are all how, about. How many platinum? It's a cast system. How many how many uh, platinums do you have then? I think I have about twenty two. That's not that bad. It's it, it well you gotta you gotta remember those are all platinums that I did pre twenty thirteen. Yeah, I stopped. I retired. That doesn't matter. I could catch you easy with twenty two. Okay, go for I it. I could do like my, my there's, there's you get a platinums for smacking a jar of mayo over and over again. Yeah, I have one of the I have the abs pets uh, platinum where I think all you have to do is pet a bunch of kittens on the Vita for do you like hear 20 yourself? minutes. Do you hear yourself? I hear myself. I'm aware that, that that is a problem. All right. But that's why I retired. I'm out of the game, man. I'm out of the trophy hunting game. Okay. I, sp I, I spent $10 on abs. I think it's cats or animals or something like that. And the game is just using the touch screen of the Vita to pet cats. <laughs> One of the last things I suck at. I have nothing else to say about that. One of the last things I suck at in video games, Santi. It's creating character, man. I just can't do it. For me, I'm not all about it. I don't want it to look like me. In You're a default kind of dandy. I'm more of like, let me mix and match until I go, okay, there's one. You know yeah. what I mean? For me, when it comes to creating ones in video games, it's thick eyebrows, a jaw, black hair, and that's it. That's all mm -hmm. I could go for. But it, it, it's just, I cannot, now, as I find myself getting older and older, to me, it's not about what I look like anymore. It's just let me just play this game because Lord knows what's going to happen in it from an hour from now in my house. Who knows who's going to need dad to do something. So I just can't do it anymore. I think the the longest I spent in the creative character was in Mod Racers. If you remember that game for yes. PlayStation 3. That's the longest I spent in Mod Racers. I think I made a – literally I made a Kobe Bryant one, like a really legit looking Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Kobe. And uh, it's, just, it's just, I just, even in wrestling games, something that I would enjoy the most, I just do the, I, I cannot pick every single move. It doesn't like add to it. I just really focus on a finisher and how they strike and maybe like one couple of grapples. But my, the, my finisher is always being the clothesline from hell. It's probably far the best, the best finisher in video games and all wrestling because you could pull, you could pull it off maybe two, three times when the special runs out. That's what I love using the clothesline from hell. Uh, but I look at Demon Souls. I look at Elden Ring. Look at Baldur's Gate. I look at Mass Effect. Probably um, like um, the, the latest Starfield. I probably won't be able to do any of that. You know, I, I just want to dive into it. Even like when it comes to Madden, I, I rarely, rarely put in a lot of effort into like every single thing into it. And I think like the best systems are the NBA ones where you could like literally take a picture of yourself. But those are the most horrid creations I've ever seen as well because the technology just isn't there. Like I could literally have this kind of lighting 
studio quality lighting and get the most horrendous looking basketball player ever. Um, but I'll still be on the Spurs. But the whole point about it that when it comes to creating a character, for what I feel, I, I think that the notions of how it's done, I think it could be a little bit more creative, for lack of a better word. I think I'm thinking like maybe what if a Saints Row did create a character where it was part of the story? Like I don't want to just like go into it full stop. Here's the menu. You're literally going to pick every single thing, and then we're going to restart the the momentum or from the cutscene or whatever. But what if a video game, say if it was a Guardians of the Galaxy, and you're the new Guardians of the Galaxy member, and imagine if you're looking at a lineup and you get to pick who you want to be based on that lineup and then you can hear the characters quip about your selections or you know you have an alien mod and then it, it you know those kinds of things i think cyberpunk has a great creative character thing post after you do so um i just think that there's there could be more creative ways to making yourself in a video game than a full stop menu that we've been doing for 30 40 50 years it almost feels like yeah, and I think it's going to keep going, actually, the way that it is. Um, it's because it, they just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Like, you can get into games now where, like, you can... I remember, like, all right, here's the face default. Like, here's the five face templates that we have. Now, it's like, all right, here is a, here is a meter to change the width of your nose and, 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 and change how far your teeth are uh, apart from one another. Like, it just... It's getting... It's getting ridiculous. Just a side note, because um, uh, I have a, an African-American friend who has always brought up a great point. Something that they do really poorly, like every video is game hair. is, is African-American hair. They cannot get it. My hairstyle is in every game. Yes, it Black, is. a little bit up, all right, with a little bit of gel to front is in every game. Yeah. But uh, my African-American friends cannot, can just can't recreate themselves yeah. in video games. I just wanted to, toss that out there oh, for, for sure. my friends that are listening um but i'm obsessed with making characters look like myself i don't know why i think maybe it's a vanity thing it stopped a little bit now i'm now more of the type where i like You're to mean, make Lord. my yeah now i like to make myself look ridiculous yeah um especially if there's cutscenes. i love seeing my grotesque creation on the mass on, on a mass effect cutscene or something like that right um if it's a if it's a fantasy game i've learned to just not even bother because you're going to be wearing gear you're going to be wearing helmets like there's no point mm -hmm. um but usually like a sports game i will always take the time to make myself look like okay me. i always take time to make sure vincent chicago looks great all right what position on football uh, quarterback. Okay, All quarterback. Right. I'm, tr right. I'm trying to make the money. Okay, NBA. Point guard as well. Okay, wow. For me, I, center. I like to have the rock. NBA, oh, you're a center. center. I love to be a center. I love being a trash man. Give me all the boards. Give me all the blocks. Give me all the dunks. Yeah. Give me that. Give me that duty. I think it's the Tim Duncan to me. And then for uh, football, I'm always like a free safety cornerback. Uh, yeah, that's the quarterback of the defense, I'd say, or or a middle linebacker. Yeah, I, I love just playing that position and trucking somebody. So. So those are the things I suck at. I understand that it limits me severely into all these great games like Baldur's Gate 3, Santi, but that's just me. I'm hoping that I let the, the audience, if you there's something down below in the YouTube video that you're watching right now, let us know what you suck at in video games. It's okay. Safe space. And hey, you mentioned Baldur's Gate 3. I think that's a nice transition, transition. into our topic. But 
Yeah. yeah. So this uh, it's a bit of a topical situation, uh, but I think it also brings a wider conversation um, around the development of video games in general. So this all started yeah. off uh, with Baldur's Gate being universally loved and being universally praised, not just by critics, but universally loved and praised by fans uh, in the audience. What the the biggest things that people seem to be praising this game for is that there is not a single bit of microtransactions. The only uh, purchase purchasable custom uh, custom item is a cape that does nothing to your stats. That can be that was part of like the you know like the bigger edition of the game that comes with all the extra stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there is. Uh, it, it is a complete game from beginning to end. It came out with little to no bugs. It didn't have a giant day one patch. In other words, people are praising this because it's a complete game. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, 2006 Santiago, if I told him that people were universally praising a game because it's complete, he'd laugh. Like, what do you mean we're praising a game because it's complete? Like, shouldn't games come out complete with everything ready to go out of the box? Your full experience is right there. Turns out, Sancho, that many developers are concerned that Baldur's Gate has raised the bar too high and is causing developers to worry about fan expectations about their games. And... Look, I, I don't know if I'm I, I'm not a game developer, but when I hear that, all I'm hearing is the world's smallest violin. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that a game raised the bar and is in and is giving gamers what they're paying for and is giving them the experience that they're paying for to the point that, wow, shocker, they're happy. They like the fact that they're getting a complete experience, that they're not getting nickeled and dimed, that there isn't a battle pass, that there isn't a new season where all of their um, all of their progress is going to be lost. Oh, Diablo 4, I already roasted you for that at the beginning. Um, but kind of mind-blowing that sometimes 2 plus 2 equals 4, Sancho, where people get a complete game and people say thank you. And I don't think it's crazy that we want to expect that from, from developers. I believe it's interesting that with we as gamers come from a generation where we had that experience, luckily. Uh, I think there have been a lot of shortcuts that have been made in gaming lately uh, just to save the bottom dollar or to make it more functional or to make it even operational for some developers that they have to release something that literally, if it's not released and they do not get the influx of cash they cannot patch it properly there's been plenty of those situations where they're like yeah we had to release it just to make some of the money back we put into said game or franchise and even there's options for licensing things of that sort i still think that gaming's in a weird space and i think that the reason why you find it people it's so refreshing is because we are so just kind of just rained down by all of these things that we slowly have said yes to with our wallets, sadly. And, you know, we're like, wait a minute. We don't have to pay for a game. It's for free. You're sure? I could just play as you want. Oh, yeah. But if you want to have the newest cosmetics, you're going to have to pay. And so that continues to be the norm now. And there's even kids these days, generations, that were born into that free-to-play world. They don't know a world where you buy a game and every character is earnable by unlocking the character through said 
challenges or through said feats in the game. They don't know to to play a new game plus or to get another uh like a new open world part of the game that you have to do certain things or, or what I'm trying to say is there was no options for DLC. You had to wait for the sequel. And at the same time, if there was a game that was just broken, it was just broken, it was just janky, there was no way that anyone could fix it. So you had to put a complete package. But Santi, I think what you have to understand is there are games that will withstand the test of time, like Resident Evil 2, I keep bringing up, like a Super Mario 64, that are already complete packages. But we have to remember, even gaming at that point, there were still a lot of bad eggs out there. And I just don't think that Baldur's Gate 3 being so great, sure, it's going to put pressure on people, but it's not going to put the pressure that a dev already feels about, oh my God, we're releasing a, a unfinished game, but we kind of have to type of beat. And it's just, I just read it as more of like, man, I wish we could put that kind of a package out there for our fans because that's what we want to do. But sadly, in this culture and gaming, uh, we cannot do it as easily as they can so do you think it's a um a lack of resource type of situation or do you think it's a lack of a proven strategy because the 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 new strategies work better today to bring in the dollars like the warzone strategy like the right. fortnite strategy like the new diablo strategy do you think it's just that there's pressure from uh from those up top to go with the new model that works as opposed to <laughs> putting all your eggs in one basket one video game and hoping that it does Baldur's gate three like numbers and just does gangbusters well that's the thing it's like i i feel that everything that you're seeing now has been influenced by mobile games a long time ago Mobile games are low entry point type of commitment to the dollar. Some of them were like $2 or even for free. And then what you would do if you are a developer, you will hope that quote unquote, a whale, a someone who is financially well off could put so much money that will continue into to fund your game if you find multiple whales. So what you could say is that gaming right now is shifting towards that. They know that they're gonna have a solid community. They know they're going to have fans of a set franchise. So if they say, for example, not saying that this is ever going to happen, but if the Last of Us factions said we're doing a battle pass, I'm day one lining up for it. I am day one doing everything premium because they know that the loyal fan in me will at least produce X amount of dollars. Just throwing it out there. It's the same you could say for Madden 2024 or even worse NBA 2K. My favorite sports franchise of all time is the 2K series for NBA, but it has diluted itself into everything behind paywalls aggressively for VC. You wanted to have LeBron James on your my team a couple of games ago. You could keep him forever, and when you got his card, now he has on a contract. Now you have to pay money to keep him on a 6 to 10 day. And, and it's like, why am I investing my real money, $200, $100 more, into this ecosystem that will continue to, with lack of a better term, bleed me dry. So that's the thing about it. That's why people are happy about Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 3 could be an 80 game and people will still be happy about it. But the question I want to ask you, or they will still have the same feelings of being refreshed. Uh, the question I want to ask you, do you think a developer cares about a finished product more so the bottom dollar? Oh, the 
bottom dollar like i i would imagine right like no these these people are humans right? right they have families to feed they've got they're got they've got mortgages they've got bills and metacritic scores ultimately don't pay any of those things at the Sometimes, end of the day some i've heard they, some, they can they, they get bonuses based on them i've seen some studios do oh that. that's true that's yeah. that that's that's very true but if a game sells zero that bonus isn't going to cover anything right Right. Um, so at the end of the day, like the, maybe more so the publisher than the developers um, care about the bottom line more than the than I believe than the end result. I mean, we can look at a at a for example, we can look at um, um, oh my god, CD Projekt Red. Right. Yep. They they were a company that for a long time uh, had the good graces of the audience and because of having fantastic complete games like the witcher franchise right witcher 3 uh if you look at the sales of witcher 3 they are bananas like it, it is it is a it is sneakily one of the highest selling games of last generation and people don't actually know that it's one of the highest selling games of last generation and that was purely from from fan goodwill it didn't sell amazingly like it didn't sell gta 5 numbers right off the get-go but it sold for its entire life cycle because everyone knew if i buy the witcher 3 i am getting a good complete game all right but then we look and we fast forward to what happened with cd project red and cyberpunk uh, 2076 2077 i forgot the year already anyways 77 77 um it's it's come out it's widely well known that everyone in that develop at cd project red knew that that game wasn't ready but cd project red being a public company in the european stock exchange there was a lot of pressure to release this game to meet certain fiscal and financial quarters and that's what led to the debacle of of cyberpunk so there are a lot of strings that are being pulled um but it's interesting that um that cyberpunk decided in cd project red went with that route when they clearly had a formula that worked amazingly for the sales of of the witcher 3 that they could have easily replicated for cyberpunk do, do you think uh what i want to say is that being Baldur's Gate, because we, if you're talking about Baldur's Gate as the reference point for this topic and for the article, yes, do you think that Baldur's Gate, a game that last was seen in the year 2000, mind you, I don't know how long this game was in development, but I gotta say, like, do you think it's because it's not a Call of Duty, it's not a Madden? there is not a fortnight there there's not a lot of pressure to come out like hey take your time come out when you come out but if madden said we are going to take two three years off of madden we're going to allow you to we're going to update the rosters for 2024 we'll be back in 2027 do you think that the audience is willing to wait for a complete package versus I still need this out now because on the flip side, I know I'm jumping from game to game here, but Grand yeah. Theft Auto six, mm -hmm. it's been eight years. Like you, like, you know, games like that. And we are, we are all cool with it being patient. We're like, go ahead, dude, take your time. We know that you're going to be awesome when you come out. So that's my question. Does Baldur's gate have that same reverence? So we're like, take your time. We don't need Baldur's gate three right now. Well, I, I don't think that the, the, the Baldur's Gate 
situation was people being like, oh, we know you're going to put out an amazing game. Take your time. I think I think this is this is catching a lot of people off guard. I, I wasn't excited for Baldur's Gate 3 when it was coming out. I think that this is a more similar situation to when Fallout 3 came out because there was other fallout games before that that no one knew about like i guess like comparative to the amount of people that bought fallout 3 most people their first jumping in point to fallout was fallout 3 because it was like the first really truly accessible fallout game to the wider audience and i think this is the situation with baldur's gate 3 so quickly how do you feel about fallout 4 you going from 3 to 4 did you feel that was a complete game because fallout 4 had a lot, a lot of, or Fallout 76, I'm sorry, right? Yeah, that yeah, one? yeah, That one had a lot. Did you feel that that one was an incomplete package coming out I of the I did game? feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did feel like it was an incomplete package for sure. It was missing. It's a much better game nowadays. Like if you go into it, it's actually a pretty decent experience. Um, but the problem with that game, um, and I know we're jumping all over the place here, but hey, that's the what place. the podcasts are for. Um, the problem with that game is that they tried a completely different style of storytelling uh fallout 3 fallout 4 was all about the npcs right mm -hmm. npcs were were the life and blood of that game and the npcs didn't exist in fallout 76 like there was no life to that game um and that's you, the the updates later on that like <laughs> shockingly enough the biggest updates were to add npcs to that game so that there was a narrative that could be told as opposed to just a narrative being told through computer logs, which is what the original Fallout 76 was like. And, and it's that was unacceptable considering we were so used to the storytelling from Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 and to change it basically to text-based and computer logs, unacceptable. Um, but I think Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be a situation like The Witcher where it's going to be the first jumping off point for people for this franchise, just like me. And I think this game is going to sell for the next 10 years because people know that when they buy Baldur's Gate 3, that they're going to get 200 hours. It's a complete experience. You don't need to buy the extra this, the extra that. You're not going in spending money to spend more money. You're going in to play a game from beginning to end. What's interesting is jumping to another game, Battlefield. When that came out, everyone says, don't play Battlefield at release. Wait six to six months or a year later. Then it would be the Battlefield we all want it to be. And it would be good. But I feel that more and more games are don't have that, that time anymore. They're mm -hmm. going to be gone before you know it. There's too much competition. There's right. too much competition to lean on that. Right, and I feel that I feel like a lot of developers are banking on that. Like for me, when all these developers go into alpha or betas or open betas, I feel they're like kind of crowdsourcing a little bit more interest. Not like sure they want to see how the game runs and how it works technically if there's any kind of server issues, but it's more like oh my god, we sold X amount of battle passes or we sold X amount of founders packs we could actually put more into the season or we have enough for a budget for five seasons. It feels like with this battle pass games as a life service era, because that's where we've been seeing a lot of games who on the flip side of the article, an incomplete game, right? These incomplete games come in, they see how long they survive. If they survive, they keep going. If they don't, they're gone. So my question for you, Santi is, can you accept that gaming's more and more will have incomplete games going forward? Or is it I like, mean, no, yeah, the, give me more Baldur's Gate, we deserve this. 
I'm I'm I lean more towards that side. If you want me to not be on that side, then make every game free and then nickel and dime me when I'm in your ecosystem. But if I'm paying seven, I'm a Canadian, so if I'm paying seventy nine hey. ninety nine. Yeah for uh for nba 2k and then i'm going in and then the expectation is for me to spend a few hundred more to get the full experience because i i'm a, a i'm a madden ultimate team guy oh FIFA man ultimate team mutt. guy oh man yeah, yeah 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 so like i i'm one of those guys that's put a significant amount of money into those games um if if you want me to be okay with that experience, if you want me to be okay with the incomplete game, if you want me to be okay with all the nickel and diming, make the ecosystem free for me to jump in. That's why I have a lot of respect for uh, Destiny 2. Destiny 2, all kinds of expansions, all kinds of microtransactions, but if I wanna jump in to play Destiny 2, it is free. And then it is up to me from that point to decide how much more I want to spend in this world. Because if I'm spending $80, I just don't think it's okay for me to get the proper experience of this to have to spend hundreds more. And that's the world that we live in. Madden, FIFA, any of those games, I don't hate the fact that you're nickel and diming me because there's this this trading card experience in there i'm willing to jump in but then why am i paying 80 dollars to get in in the first place i i would say like as i grow older as a gamer i feel that that no like okay i know what you want from me no and that was the latest that i felt about marvel snap once you start seeing the strings that you're being pulled on as the puppet that's like a, a, a moment for you like wait a minute what am i doing mm -hmm. i literally went on vacation to Mexico and it was a vacation I haven't had in a long time with my wife and I played that game for six hours on the beach you know just being sucked into that carrot system of ranking up of playing of getting cards and things of that sort and but I, I told myself I will never buy the battle pass in this game it's a great game mm -hmm. I never spent ten dollars on the game I spent a dime but then when I started hitting the ceiling of like you should probably spend $10. You're still losing because you don't have this card that's available in this battle pass. Then I felt the puppeteer at work yeah. and I was like, I'm out. I'm out. And that's just the, that's the reality that we're in games these days that I think we need to support the games that are complete. Besides Baldur's Gate 3, I'm going to give you time to think about this. What was the last game that you felt that was a complete package? I feel like a broken record. And if you haven't played this game, please, it's Resident Evil 2 Remaster. That is the most complete experience I've felt in a long time. In terms of a game that is kind of newish, Until Dawn. What another great game that was a complete package that I felt was very fun. It was just it was fun to replay. It was fun to to just experience. Didn't feel slanted or cheated out in any kind of way. And it was like, like once I played it once, boom, I'm good to go. Um, I, for everything else, I felt Titanfall 2 was a complete game, was a complete mm. experience, even from the single player to the multiplayer, even though the multiplayer didn't last that long. I feel that like Titanfall 2 is pretty solid. And then I would say like the last game, and I'm, I'm ignoring like the big, the big ones, like the last of us, the God of Wars, like we all know, like those are complete experiences, the horizon zero dawns and things like that. I think that as a, someone who's played multiplayer, I would say that when I'm trying to think of a like a, a specific battle pass that was like, dude, that was really good. 
I would, they would have to be chapter two, season four of Fortnite. That one had a Marvel season. It felt like a complete package because it ended with a Galactus event. So it had like a complete thing. So me investing $20 into that battle pass, I got great Marvel outfits and skins, and then it ended with the Galactus event. I felt in a modern era, that was a complete battle pass season experience. Yeah, um, I'll keep it modern. And and I think, I think for um, all of the grapes that it gets, I think Fortnite is a complete game because uh, the experience isn't necessarily worse or enhanced by how much money I put in. It is universally the same experience all around. It's just about, you know, do you want those extra cosmetics? Do you want that cool back bling? But you can get the full experience of the game without flying down on Shenron from Dragon Ball Z. It's the <laughs> same experience through right. and through. So I do believe that that is a fully complete game. That battle pass and the and the microtransactions are there for those that want it, but it's not there for those that need it, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say need it, I mean like if I don't get this, like I'm at an actual disadvantage. Like you mentioned in in Marvel oh, Snap. Snap, there's no need for it. It's all a want for it. And I think that's a great system of microtransactions, just like Fall Guys. Fall Guys is another <laughs> one of those games that I praise. I praise for how they handle microtransactions. I don't buy skins in, in, in Fall Guys, but when a WWE skin comes out or a SpongeBob skin comes out, I don't tell myself, man, if I don't get this, I'm going to have a terrible experience. I tell myself, I'm a SpongeBob fan. I want to run around as Squidward. That's so funny. That's so cool. But my experience doesn't change if I don't make those purchases. Those to me are complete games that have such low level entry points at $0. And I praise those games all day, every day. The other games that I like to praise are the games that give me a complete single player, co-op, multiplayer experience. That that trifecta is pretty rare. Um, I think maybe let's look at something like Resident Evil 5 did it pretty good um, with like the mercenaries mode playing co-op with Shiva and, and obviously the single player experience. Uh, so like Resident Evil is honestly like pretty darn good at, 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 at providing that full, that full gambit as well. Um, I, I know we said like none of the big ones, but like Uncharted 3 and Uncharted 2, I really like the multiplayer experience mm -hmm. for those games. Um, and, and there was no need to pay microtransactions to get a better experience in, in, in multiplayer um so yeah i mean like if for, for for the sake of those free-to-play games i think fortnite and um and fall guys just do it brilliantly uh okay and i know for the people that know me but hear me out this is why naughty dogs multiplayer got delayed because they were a complete package and it would probably last three three months four months for the people yeah. that wanted to play it but the people at destiny were like this is not we cannot release this free to play with this amount of material. We need to go bigger and then maybe be not necessarily incomplete, but still have enough in the tank. You need to like take this complete package and stretch it out maybe. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's, that's the, gonna be the sad part. I don't want to see that game stretched out. I don't want to see, uh, it, it just, it just blows my mind. And I'm, 
and there's so many games that are guilty of this you unlock a different color in your top half <laughs> yay like that's, yeah. that's to me it's like unfair to piggyback what you said about fall guys i love that you could uh, at, at one point you could earn crowns you current you could turn into mm -hmm. actual outfits or a golden version of that question for you is what is the most like what game doesn't you have to give the amount is the most you spend amount of money post purchasing uh madden 25 yeah madden 25 aka madden 13 it was a weird year it was the 25th mm -hmm. anniversary of madden um that was when uh, madden ultimate team started just blowing up um yeah who did you want so badly that you everyone everyone i wanted i wanted to have an entire legendary roster i wanted to have every elite uh every elite player um because um folks um a madden ultimate team all the ultimate teams they're pay to win right you can earn players or i could spend 200 dollars on a bunch of packs that are just gonna give me an awesome team like that's just it, it is pay to win it really is um i could be i could be amazing at the game but if my overall rating for my team is 76 because i'm trying to play the traditional way and grind it i'm gonna get absolutely shellacked by an eight-year-old kid that barely knows how to play the game because he's got 99 joe montana over there tossing dimes to marvin harrison wow Wow. <laughs> I touched a nerve. I touched a memory. Did. You did touch a nerve. But I'm out of that world now. I don't I I'm don't proud of I, you. I, I don't do microtransactions sure? anymore. 2024. I'm sure. Right around the corner Friday. No, no, I'll play Madden. Don't get me wrong, but I just you won't go into it? Ultimate Team. I I just don't spend money on microtransactions anymore unless they are purely cosmetic and fun things that I can get behind, like Fall Guys skins. But anything that is a a necessary evil within the game i i just won't play your game okay fair enough man all the complete packages all around we have things that we suck at and that's episode five santi how do you feel yeah, about that was that? a good one that was no, a good that was one, a good one. That yeah was a good one. I, you know what before we go i i held off on it because oh, wow. hilariously it's an incomplete game but it was complete in my okay. eyes. Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five. Every every Metal Gear fan knows that there was a whole act that Kojima wasn't able to finish. But holy man, that game was awesome. And the multiplayer was fantastic. It was like an 80 hour, beautiful open world experience. As much as I don't like open world games, I was willing to do it for Hideo. Anything for Hideo. I would love for you, Tanti, and for the people who are watching. We appreciate you on YouTube, by the way. And the people that support us on TikTok. Watch my Metal Gear Online gameplay on YouTube. Man, I was nasty in it. Yeah. I was a nasty gator, dude. I was pretty solid. I was faulting everybody. Man, I had to I did some work. Nice. Some I'm work gonna I'm game. gonna have to check it out. Well, it's a fun episode, my man. Fun episode indeed. If y'all want to support us, be sure to sub and follow us on TikTok at Checkpoint Amigos. Follow us at Checkpoint Amigo on X. They did it, dude. We talked about it. What are they going to call it? Now we're the X. It's X. It's X. Oh, my God. All right, y'all. Thank y'all so much. This has been the Checkpoint Amigos, the pod for the gaming people. Peace.